podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But Hello there and welcome to your Champions League preview here on the AI podcast channel. Um, It's exciting, isn't it? Now we can hear that music and uh, although we shouldn't be getting carried away with ourselves, if you are not getting excited at this point, I think you need to check your pulse because we are right on the cusp of a quarterfinal, a huge quarterfinal here as Liverpool gets set to host Manchester City in the first leg of the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So I'm really excited and I know my guests are too. So without further ado, let's bring them in. First of all, uh, BBC broadcast journalist, no less. And, and you know, a proud member of uh, Anfield Index as well. One Emma Sanders. Welcome along, Emma. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? A rising yeah, star? Pardon? You're a rising star now. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, of course we would. Uh, and joining Emma is uh, is none other than, <laughs> it was virtually my podcast partner now, it's Mr Guy Drinkle. Yeah, Andy, how are you doing? It's been, all, it's been almost like seven hours since I've spoke to you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, and, and Guy, as as um, a commentator we know rather well would say, business is about to pick up. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it certainly is. I mean, I know, Emma, you, you're based, uh, you, you work in the Manchester area, and I know you've had um, a lot of involvement around you know Manchester City and the whole sports city thing. Um, what's going on there it is it's quite a thing isn't it yeah I mean they're they're really building something there and I think the next the next big step for them is obviously to, to start winning some serious silverware which means Champions League so this game is just as important to them as it is to us um, obviously for Pep Guardiola it would mean um, I think it would sort of signify his status as one of the best managers in the world um, and they're like, like you say, they're they're really building something there with the with the academy and and everything, and obviously the money that they've got churning into that club. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how both philosophies of football come together and really match themselves in the quarterfinals. Yeah, so I think when when you look at Liverpool's long and rich history and heritage in this competition, uh, and in European football as a whole, you know. And then you you put you counter that with the investment and everything that's going on at Manchester City. I think it's fair to say there's there's an awful lot of pressure here on City in this in this tie, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, Guardiola's come to England and he's expected to win trophies and not just one or two. He's expected to win, you know, four or five over the space of a few years. So he needs to win basically. Um, 
And given the gap in the league position between City and us, you would expect Guardiola's side to win uh, the quarterfinal um, for both legs. So, yeah, all the pressure's on them, really. Mm. And what did you make of their performance in the knockout stages of the uh, Champions League then? Because they, they were quite convincing in the, the way that they progressed. Yeah, I agree. I thought they did the job in the first leg against Basel. Yeah, they suffered that that defeat in the second leg, and obviously we don't we don't see Man City lose often. So that was that was a, a little bit of a shock, but they rested a lot of players. It was three days after they played Chelsea in the Premier League. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't look too much into that defeat. They still won five one on aggregate. Obviously in the in the qualifying rounds as well, I thought you know they they played some good football. Um, they obviously um, had. I think they had um, a slightly tougher group than, than we had. Um, but, you know, Liverpool were equally as, as impressive in, in the knockout stages, in the group stages, sorry. Obviously, with that, that massive victory over Maribor, and then, you know, you go and you beat Porto the way that we did in, in the first knockout round. So I think both teams have been impressive um, coming through to this stage, but they've not really been tested yet. No, no, they haven't. I, I think that's fair to say. And Guy, what were your thoughts then on on the um, on the performance of Liverpool in that knockout stage? Then across the two legs, I, I know we we we've waxed lyrical about the first leg away at Porto, you know the emphatic win, but you know the, the, there is the potential there for a, a little bit of nerves and quite. What do you do with the team? You know, second leg, you don't want to let that word momentum go, but. They just did the job and they saw it out and were quite solid, really. Yeah, I mean, well, the first leg was just—it was just absolute different gravy, wasn't it? It was—it was madness. Um, to go go to Porto and beat them five nil was just—it was scary good. I mean, we obviously did the preview for that as well, didn't we, Andy? We were talking to the to the uh, Portuguese analyst and he was talking about Porto's good home record and stuff like that and we, we just literally went there and just took the mick out of him. Um, the second leg, I mean, there's not much to say, is there really? We, we both kind of just accepted the nil-nil and they didn't want to do anything else because they didn't want to get further embarrassed and we just went, oh, we'll just save legs. So yeah, it was it was a nice professional performance. I mean, the second leg, although it was boring, it was nice to see that we could be boring um, because teams of old, we probably would have ended up having like a four-all game or something like that just to test the heart because um, that's what Liverpool tends to do. Um, but yeah, we, the port over the two legs, it was, it was just... It was nice to see. It was a professional game uh, mixed with magic. It was it was good to see. Uh, but yeah, Man City are going to be one hell of a tougher test than Porto, I imagine. Yeah. Well, what was your reaction then when when the draw was made? Because I, I know we were all sort of putting out our various predictions and our hopes and dreams for the for the quarterfinal draw. And I, I thought it was. I don't know, as maybe I'm, you know, the the old sort of the old school superstitious type football fan, but I thought it was somehow it was written in the stars that we get Sevilla. So what was your reaction then to drawing Man City? Um, it was one of the two. It was one of the two teams I wanted to avoid. I think I said it on the last pod. I wanted to avoid Bayern and uh, Man City. Um, I wanted to avoid Man City for two reasons. They're really, really good, and it's a bit boring. Um. Yeah, it's the fact that we've already played them twice. We play them every season, obviously. Um, we've even had them in a few cup um, 
Cup in the last few years as well. I think we had them in the uh, Capital One Cup or whatever the hell it's called. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it, we've uh, we played them quite a bit, and yeah, the fact that they're like breaking records and stuff this season in the Premier League doesn't exactly inspire confidence. But we are the one team to beat them. Um, it's just a shame that we let in free 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 goals that day. Um, but yeah, it, it it's now a bit more. Um, cold this time. I mean, say if we were going to the Bernabeu, there'd be like more excitement. But with Man City, there's not like a there's not like a heated rivalry there. But it's just the fact that it's it's a domestic tie that it kind of means more in terms of bragging rights, doesn't it? Mm. And Emma, what what about yourself then? With with you having you know with you being based in the area and and obviously having a contact with both clubs, um, is, is that a sense of excitement that you know the the, the meeting at the quarterfinal stage of uh, this prestigious competition, or is it, um, or like guy, was it was this one of the teams that you were hoping to avoid? Yeah, I mean certainly for a neutral, it's it's the game everybody wanted. I was in the office when the draw was being made, and uh, everyone was cheering when when it was you know when it was clear that it was City Liverpool. And for me, I was hugely disappointed, largely because I agree with Guy, they were one of the maybe two or three teams I wanted to avoid. I actually said to my housemate, who's an Arsenal fan, bless him, um, but I said to him a few weeks ago that Manchester City, I thought were going to win the Champions League this season. My opinion on that. Um, well, I don't know. I don't don't think it's changed. But, you know, like I said, if, if there is a team to, to cause an upset, it is Liverpool. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed we do. But I, yeah, I, I see City as a real challenge, and I really wanted to avoid them. So I'm disappointed that we've got them. And obviously for me, it means uh, means no trip abroad. So that was also a bit disappointing. But yeah, like you say, certainly for for a neutral, there's huge excitement surrounding it. Um, yeah, I think the only sad thing is that we're now only going to have one English team in the semi-finals, which is a shame because I think it would have been great to have had both teams in the semi-final and show that the Premier League. You know, is progressing and is still one of the biggest leagues in the world. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we're just going to have to wait for that uh, European trip now, aren't we, till the semis? But um, hey, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what What about the Anfield first leg or second leg? Um, j- just on this, I know it's been a little bit of a debate. So, where Where are you on the argument? What What is your prefer your preference then? Uh, second leg, do you prefer it at home or away? I will always prefer the second leg at home. Um, I think no matter, I, I think we proved it when we played Dortmund in, in the Europa League. No matter how much you're losing by in the first leg or how close it is in the first leg, you would always put your money on Liverpool to win at Anfield. So that is what you want in the second leg. You want to you want to be able to fight for for victory in the second leg, no matter how many goals you need. Um, so that is again a little bit disappointing for me. It was just the draw just wasn't what we wanted at all, really. So um, yeah, I think we'll have our work cut out. So we'll have to do the job in the first leg, and then just hope that that we can contain City. I think at the Etihad, but what what we do have in our advantage is obviously Anfield does create a much better atmosphere than than the Etihad. So we need to use that. And um, I mean, we showed earlier in the season in the Premier League how important our fan base can be in terms of, you know, driving and motivating this Liverpool team. So we really need to we really need to do that in the first side. Yeah, interesting take. Uh, Guy, what about yourself then? Are you like Emma? Do you, do you prefer the uh, the second leg to be at Anfield? Is, or, or are you 
not really bothered you know let's let's um put them out of it in the first leg and uh see it through in the second am i being over optimistic here uh just just a tad andy just a tad <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i prefer the second leg at home um it always feels safer bringing teams back to Anfield because, as Emma said, I think the Dortmund one's a very good example. Um, you can repair any damage done, really. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the pleasure of going to uh, Champions League games because uh, it's hard for me to get back and plus tickets. I, it'd probably be impossible to get, but anyway, yeah, it's um, it, it it always feels safer. I mean, looking back at the Rafa Benitez days, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't re- I couldn't really remember the order of. Um, games and stuff like that but I imagine Anfield being in the second leg played a part in some of them games I mean it's hard for me to remember I was like 10 or 11 um, but yeah it's uh, it always feels safer with Anfield being in the second leg because it, it just seems to be a magical place in the, in the Champions League nights especially so yeah always second leg yeah, I, I think I must admit I think I'm the same there's, there's something about that and I think statistically as well it um it points to us being very, very successful when we've got the second leg at Anfield. But, you know, I, I guess the other the counter argument to that is it's all it just even more geared towards us being the underdogs. And Jurgen Klopp absolutely, um, you know, he, he thrives in that kind of a position. So perhaps it will uh, secretly um, and somehow play out in our favour. Uh, so just to move things along then, Emma, um, what about the, the, the whole drama that's been surrounding uh, the the atmosphere thing because if we go back to the 13-14 season um towards you know that the running of that season the fans were really sort of creating it that the when the team buses were coming into anfield they were lying in the streets there was the pyros and everything like that it was really quite a sight and there's talk of resurrecting that for this tie uh, and that seemed to be upsetting a few people from the from the Man City side of things, and questions being raised about whether or not that's that you know we should be doing that. So, where where do you stand on on this this whole thing that's been going on um, around the atmosphere outside the stadium, and and do you think it could have any kind of influence on on the outcome of the tie? Yeah, I'm actually really disappointed to see the reports of um, you know people complaining about it because. It's part of it's part of football, and I think it's just those kind of reports are starting to kill. It, it's mod it's modern football, you know. Um, you you can't be you can't be this massive fan base that creates exciting atmospheres anymore because you're just really controlled. And um, as long as it's safe, I'm I completely agree with it. And I I was there last time um, when you you know what what you just described, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it's so enjoyable to be involved in and we really really lifted the players so I think it does have an impact but it has a positive impact in terms of um, the, the home team because can you imagine if you were a footballer coming into that environment and seeing so many like you know hundreds of thousands of supporters expressing their their hope and you know showing their support for you to go out there and play football um, and obviously it must be equally as as scary for the opposition because they're thinking wow you know, we, we've got a tough game tonight. This, you know, this crowd's going to be really hostile towards us. And, and that's just football. I don't think there's anything wrong in that whatsoever. So it's disappointing to see the reports. Um, and hopefully we can still create that atmosphere and, and keep that, you know, keep that safety, which Liverpool fans have, have always maintained anyway. Yeah. You think it'll go ahead anyway? Yeah. I think so. I, I, I don't think, 
a couple of reports in the uh, Manchester Evening News are going to put our, our supporters. I think they'll still be out there showing their support. And uh, yeah, hopefully they're they're treated in the right way by by security, and obviously hopefully nobody gets hurt as well. Um, but like I said, I I have no doubts that that it will be safe and it will be controlled. Yeah, uh, guy, no pyro, no party. Oh, you always need a bit of pyro, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, obviously we've got history with doing this, and it it, it just adds to the occasion, but. If we, if we go back to um, earlier in the season, I think it was Mainz who came over to play Arsenal and they kind of took over London and stuff like that. Right, and everyone that was, was, yeah, Cologne. Yeah, yeah, that was it, that was it, sorry, yeah. Um, and everyone was looking at it glowingly, talking about German fans being different breed and stuff like that. But when when a British team does it, it, it just kind of seems to turn into a bloody health and safety debate. It's just kind of, it's just, it's just weird. Just really weird, um, but no. If it if it's a German team doing it, British fans will look at it all glowing and be like, "Oh, I wish we were like that." But when a, <clears throat> when a British team actually tries to do it or has a history of doing it, just seems to make problems. Um, but no, it's it's never been a problem before we've played um, Man City, so I, I I don't see the issue really. It just seems like just a load of bluster about nothing really. Um, so yeah, I expect it has still happened, and and rightfully so. If anything, Man City fans should be aiming to do the same, and in, in the uh, in the return game. Yeah, and and I think um, as as Emma mentioned, you know, some reports in the uh, Manchester Evening News, uh, not likely to um, put off our supporters, uh, creating an atmosphere. If anything, quite the opposite, make yeah. them more determined. <clears throat> We um we can be a bit of a belligerent bunch, so don't try and push us around, or you'll make us all the more determined. So, yeah, we will not be bullied. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> moving on to the game itself, then, uh, guy, what what kind of impact do you think that the the two previous meetings in the Premier League this season between the two clubs do you, will have on this game? Do you think there'll be an impact or an influence from? from the way those two games won or do you think this is a completely different animal and you know I'm not getting into the whole sort of officiating thing but you know there will be European referees there's no Premier League referees so there's there's no question of you know the the, the decision that the inconsistency in in the way that laws are applied sometimes oh, in the Premier League don't, don't test referees Andy. right well th- this is the thing isn't it European referees the very sort of you know, there's certain things that they imp- they apply, they all apply. So, you know, we, we're, we're not going to have that debate about inconsistency. I think it's going to be straight out European officiating. Do you think that that in itself could have a, a little bit of influence as well as what's gone on in the, in the previous games? Um, yeah, possibly. Well, it, it always helps having a better standard referee. I, I just hope I haven't jinxed it there. Um, but basically, I think from a Liverpool perspective, perspective is that we've learned just don't get sent don't go down to 10 men and don't, and don't allow us to get smashed because of it um uh, because that would be tie over then um but yeah i mean referees uh, whether people thought the high foot was a red card or, or not it, it obviously impacted the game hugely and stuff like that but yeah be, be feel more confident with a european referee that that's what i'd say um but yeah from our point of view don't get people sent off um, and I think maybe, obviously, we learned from the home ties that Man City are never out of the game. Obviously, conceding 
what was it? I think we conceded three goals in like 15 minutes or something like that. It might even be less. Um, so yeah, I think I think we got to learn that. Um, we got to keep our composure for the entire 90 minutes or even uh, 120 minutes or whatever it ends up being. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, maybe Van Dijk playing would help that possibly. He didn't play either game, so that that should help that. But from a from a Man City point of view, I think they've probably learnt more um, than we did because I think our style against Man City is probably set. Obviously, we're looking to, to gag and press and all that stuff, whereas I think Man City may have learnt how to uh, get people more involved and where, where our weaknesses is. I mean, I think uh, they talked about it on Pro, I can't remember which pod it was, it might have been Tactics Weekly, about Sterling not getting involved, so maybe Pe- Pepe will obviously study each game um, hugely, and try and get Sterling more involved, maybe get the full-backs more involved and stuff like that. But uh, I'm sure Pep's learnt more about losing to us than we did about losing to them because obviously our circumstances were um, changed due to the red card whereas they just lost mm. it was yeah that's it there, there were two completely different games I mean Emma do, do you think there'll be there's any kind of influence from the results from the performances and them two fixtures this season over over this game I mean you, you could look at the first game that they had Etihad became almost a bit of a throwaway because Liverpool seemed to have just kind of like accepted it and left it and it just went uh, and obviously you can't do that in a two-leg tie and and then the way the, in the in the, the Anfield game where Liverpool were running away but Manchester City came right back into it and it was very nervous at the end I, I mean do you, do you feel that there, there will be an influence from those two games upon this fixture? Yeah I think there will be a little bit because let's not underestimate Manchester City's determination to win silverware they'll be still haunted by that defeat at Anfield um, because obviously it was a monumental day for Liverpool so they won't have liked that at all and they'll like to have get they'll like to get their revenge um, like you say Pep Guardiola would have studied um, that defeat he would have um, highlighted areas that that we exploited so I think City will be extremely prepared for for what we'll bring um, in an in an attacking sense and obviously I think they were terrible in, in defence that day I just think they had a really they had a really bad day obviously Liverpool were fantastic but I think City were equally below standard so they'll be uh, yeah I think they'll be really riled up after that defeat as for Liverpool um, those three goals that we conceded I do think will have an impact as well because if we'd gone out and won you know 4-0 4-1 um, convincingly I think we would go in extremely confident but I mean, we've obviously struggled defensively for quite quite a few years now, so it could be playing on their minds that City were able to to get those three goals so quickly and so easily as well, despite having, you know, such a such a good lead and the support um, of of the Anfield crowd that night. So, yeah, I think I think those games will be in the back of the minds of some of the players. But as Guy says, having Van Dijk in that back four will certainly help, um, and. You know, if we do take the lead this time, I'd imagine he will certainly be getting on, getting on to his teammates and saying, you know, we're not conceding three goals here. So I, I do think it'll be different. The teams are different. They've grown. Uh, City have learned from that experience. Um, and like you say, if if there is a red card in the first leg, then it, it, you know, it's different when it's across two games. You really just have to keep the score down, score down as you know as much as possible. So. It, it is completely different in a European game, but 
there, there will be elements of of those two Premier League meetings in it. I'm sure. Mm. What about? You know, we're talking about the, the influence of the Premier League there. I mean, what about the big games around it then? Because both teams, you know, they've got local derbies around these games. So, you know, a lot of fixtures in, in a short space of time. You know, what kind of influence do you think that could potentially have upon the way this tie goes and, and the, the selections that uh, both managers might have in mind? You know, that it's it's quite a fine balance, isn't it? Yeah, I think they're going to have a massive influence, especially for Liverpool, because... Obviously, we weren't, we didn't, we haven't played well against Everton, and that was disappointing because we should have thrashed them. And uh, a lot of supporters were unhappy with uh, Klopp's team selection that day. He came uh, came under a lot of criticism for that. So he and the Liverpool team will be extremely keen to go and show Everton how much of a difference in standards we we really are, um, because we we should be beating them comfortably. So. That game is obviously always important, and I think the Merseyside derby is still one of the biggest derbies in the world. Um, so, yeah, crucial. And obviously, in the fight for top four, we can't afford to be losing. We can't afford to be dropping points. So, we need to win that game um, just as much as we need to um, get through to the next stage of the Champions League. But in order to secure qualification for next year's competition, we need to be yeah, we need to be beating teams like Everton. Um, for City as well, obviously they've got United. They've also got Tottenham after our second leg. So uh, yeah, two big games for them, but they could win the league against United. So from a sentimental point of view, that's massive for them to to beat their arch rivals to win the title would be probably one of the biggest days, if not the biggest day in Manchester City's football history. So uh, yeah. massive for them. Yeah, I was I was just going to say it's, and that's the thing you you could argue that. Okay, the position Manchester City are in, they could afford to rest players uh, for the Premier League. But when you consider that they, you know, that their match in between, you know, we've got Everton yeah. in the Merseyside derby. That they've got United, and and like you say, they could win the league. But not only that, it's United. It, there's so much on the line that they just can't rest players. So it's so it's almost like you know both clubs are in the same position, aren't they? Trying to balance out you know, huge matches in such such a short space of time. It is really going to be a difficult thing to, for both managers to, to judge as to what to do and when. Definitely. And, but, I mean, the only thing I would say is that it's not the end of the world if City don't beat United. You know, even if they just get a draw, um, they're still so far ahead in the league that they can then win it against Tottenham the next, the next week um, or even the week after. So... I think there's more importance on us picking up the points because, like I said, we need to secure that top four. Um, whereas for City, obviously, it's more of a it's more of a sentimental thing. I'm I'm not not saying that it's you know obviously not a big game. It's clearly is massive, um, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if they weren't to beat United. So uh, I don't think they'll be don't think they'll be throwing all their eggs in one basket. I think they will they'll be looking to spread the squad you know over the over the three games. Uh, and Guy, about yourself then, um, you know, the, the potential impact of the the Premier League, the domestic fixtures in and around this this European tie. Um, yeah, they'll obviously play a big part. It's just the fact that it's the two derbies. I mean, say if we were playing Bournemouth mid, in between and they were playing Stoke or something like that, it, it wouldn't... Nobody would be surprised if both played rotated teams, would they? But just the fact that it's the two two local derbies, and as exactly. you both said, Man City can win the league, and we've we've got to keep winning games. I mean, Chelsea are obviously in bad form, but we we need to keep that gap between us and Chelsea 
Um, so yeah, it's obviously massively important. It's it's a weird one. As Emma said, um, Klopp came into a bit of criticism with the last Everton game because he rotated the team. But to me, that shows he's not afraid to uh, rotate the team if needs be in a in a derby. So maybe he's not. That, maybe he's just not that asked about fan perception, um, as brutal as that may seem. But maybe he's uh, not scared to roll out. I don't know, Danny Ings, Dom Solanke again, even though it'd probably be slightly disappointing um, from a fan's point of view, but <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if he does slightly rotate the team. Obviously, it all depends how well the first leg goes. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good point, actually, Guy, just sorry to jump yeah. on that, but that is, you know, the the outcome of the of the first leg could be very influential for Liverpool, particularly yeah. for, that, for that game against Everton then. Yeah, and it... it it all depends on the fitness of the squad. Obviously, we've just had the international break. We've had Joe Gomez injured, so I think he's out for the complete tie. Um, Emery Chan's got his back, isn't he? So I imagine he'll be just fully rested for the for the Champions League game because he, I know we'll talk about key players later, but I imagine he will be one. Um, and then we've got people like Lallana, Klein. We, we seem to have a more unfit squad at the moment compared to City. Um, but the weird thing is Pep, I don't think Pep's known for his rotation, so I think he'll try and keep it as strong as possible. And obviously, even if they did rotate, it'd probably be just still going from similar quality to similar quality. I mean, bringing in Bernardo Silva and Gabriel Jesus, is, it's not exactly a bad thing, is it? Uh, but yeah, they, I think they, they'll probably try and get it done and dusted. I, I'd be surprised if they rested De Bruyne, for example, and, and Silva. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I think we'll both go strongish teams in in the domestic games just because um, they they are the derbies for both teams and Man City winning at United would be good crack even for us be a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly would. Uh, Emma, I mean, we, we, as we've spoken about, you know, that the whole thing surrounding it being a domestic tie in Europe, the the, the atmosphere before the. The, the match, um, the incredible atmosphere that you, you get within Anfield for any European tie as anyway. And then, you know, the recent history between the two clubs, the 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 fixtures, the performance at Anfield this season. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be quite something. And who do you think, given all these circumstances, who do you think is going to be the, the key, the key men for both clubs in this tie? Um, well, I think David Silva for Manchester City because he has the ability to play these balls um, over the top and through the middle that can really slice through teams. And, I, you know, I think if there's anyone who can unlock um, defences on a regular basis, it's him. Um, so just one flick of his boot and, you know, you, you can have Aguero in, you can have Sterling in on goal. So I think Liverpool will really, really have to keep an eye on him, especially the midfielders. So... I think I think he'll be the the key for Manchester City. For Liverpool, I think it's uh, Bobby Firmino because we saw the impact of of the game pressing at Anfield against City in the Premier League, and he always leads from the front and the intensity in which he presses the ball is absolutely unbelievable. And if he can win the ball back, then the crowd will just be roaring, and uh, that will really set an example for the rest of the team. So I think he'll lead from from the front, and that will be really important for the Liverpool side. Uh, and Guy, I mean, obviously a lot of talk recently of, you know, Salah versus De Bruyne for uh, player of the season. Do, do you see this tie as being uh, somewhat uh, 
um, a, a decider, deciding factor in the outcome of that, or or do you think, like Emma, you know, that there it potentially could be down to Firmino or Silva that uh, ultimately decide this game? Um, yeah, I mean Salah and De Bruyne obviously play a big part in any match. Um, no, I, I don't think it'll decide player of the season because I think the voting's just been done, <laughs> weirdly. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it it it's it's a massive game, and I think. Um, if I remember correctly, I don't think David Silva played the uh, Anfield game, so it'll be quite interesting to see how we deal with him. But I, I'll 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 mention the player that I, I brought up before, who's, who's obviously been out with his back injury. I think we saw in the Anfield game that Chan was an absolute monster in midfield, but if we add in David Silva, he's now got to deal with David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, we saw Chan... Um, Man Mark De Bruyne kind of out of the game until the uh, mad flurry at the end. So I think seeing how the midfield and and probably Chan especially deal with De Bruyne and Silva, I think it'll be a tougher task than it when when it was against um, De Bruyne and Gundogan. I know Gundogan's still a very very good player, but David Silva's one of the best midfielders in Premier League history probably. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the midfield copes with it. If it, I imagine it'll be Chan and um, one other. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who wins that battle. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be key. What about the defenses then? I mean, you know, we, we've you've both mentioned, you know, at stages through this podcast that, you know, both Liverpool and Manchester City have had questionable defenses at some point through the season, and certainly within these ties. I mean, what what about both defenses? Um, the the key guys in, involved here, and how do you think they're going to face up to it? Um, for us, um, it's a shame that Joe Gomez is injured because I think he adds a, a bit more balance to our team, especially in these big games. I know Klein's um, somewhat near fit, but I, I, I don't think anyone would want to rush him back into a, a game against Man City, probably against Leroy Sane, who's probably the most scary winger outside of Salah. Um, so yeah, it's... Um, It'll, it'll be interesting to see how our, our defence copes. I mean, the big question for us is who plays next to Van Dijk, isn't it, really? Because, I mean, do you risk it and go with Lovren, um, where obviously mad moments pursue, or you go with Matip, who is better on the ball and stuff like that, but he, he seems to, well, this season, he seems to have divided opinion quite a lot and in, in, um known as a weak defender and stuff like that. I mean, I'd probably go with Matip and play safety first. Um Myself, but yeah, if we if we're going Robertson, Van Dyke, Matip, and I'd imagine Trent for the first leg. Um, I think the big battle Sane versus Trent there for them, uh, for us, and then in our in our d- direction, I think we saw it in the Etihad game before the sending off. Salah had Otamendi on toast, didn't he? So I think it'll be the interesting. Um, our right wing against their left side of the fence and then their left wing against our right side of the fence. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be um, whoever's weakness or perceived weakness. I don't, I don't want to call Trent a weakness because he's very talented and stuff like that. But who copes with the biggest threats the best, really? Uh, and Emma, what about yourself then Then on the um, defensive side of it? I know you've mentioned Van Dijk having him involved in the ties is going to be important for Liverpool. Do you, do you think... Having Matip alongside him, a bit of a calmer head makes sense. Uh, and like like Guy mentioned there, just slightly worry about the solidity uh, at full back, at right full back. You know, Trent's not 
not the best defensively on that side of it uh, versus you know Gomez being out um, for, uh, obviously on the Liverpool side and then Manchester City how quite how they cope with our attack as well so it could be which which defence comes out of it the best? Yeah, I think, as I mentioned earlier, Virgil van Dijk's going to be hugely important. I think he is the key man for us in defence. Um, it's interesting because, I mean, I've I've always been quite outspoken about, you know, my my worries over Dejan Lovren. But to be fair to him, he's played he's played some good games next to van Dijk, and I think they started to build quite a nice partnership. And Klopp seems to be favourable of that partnership. So I would expect Lovren to to be his partner. Um, although I agree with Guy, if it was up to me, I think I'd choose Matip. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting it to be Lovren. Um, and I think I'm, I'm not too worried about, about our central defence now that we've got Van Dyke in there. Um, so it is Trent, unfortunately. Um, as Guy said, it's just, it's just his youth and inexperience. Obviously, he's still learning. He's a, a fantastic talent and a, you know, a really, really, really good player. Um, but he's going to be seriously up against it, and uh, I mean, it showed in the in the game against United when just that l- lack of inexperience and a couple of inches out of position when Marcus Rashford um, used his pace to take advantage of Trent. Um, I think Sane will look to do the same. So that will be that will be a worrying area for us, I think. Um, and I I just think maybe with Joe Gomez available, I would have felt a little bit more comfortable, but. I mean, when you've got a player like Leroy Sané, it's always going to be it's always going to be a, an area of, of concern. But at the other end, um, City have got very very strong fullbacks who can push forward, so I think we'll need to keep an eye on that in terms of an, in their attacking sense. But defensively, obviously, we've got we've got some really really strong strong wing plays. So uh, Robertson and Mane, I think they'll look to exploit Kyle Walker down the left hand side, and obviously Salah will will be looking to make those runs through the middle, which he did at Anfield and um, did so successfully. So that's where we need to look to target is Manchester City's um, central defence, I think. Mm, very, very interesting point. So given all them then, I've got to put you on the spot. Match predictions for the first leg at Anfield? Um, I will go with, for the first leg, 4-2 to Liverpool. Ooh, four two. I like it. <laughs> no boring two ones. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> and what about yourself, then, guy? Are you going to sit on the fence? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for a boring two one to us. Um, I think both managers will be a bit, bit more cautious. Yeah, well, which, whichever. I'll, I'll be happy with either because it takes it gives us an advantage, and it sets that second leg up uh, massively. So one final point from you both then. A guy, do you think, do, at this point, do you think Liverpool will progress? Oh God, uh, that is putting me on the spot. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I'm confident. I, I, the Etihad games left a lot of scars, so I think I'll be pessimistic this time and I think it'll be a, a hell of a struggle. Okay. Uh, and Emma, go on then. Do, I, do you feel that Liverpool will progress? Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, I I think Manchester City could win the competition. So I have to sadly go against my heart and say that, yeah, my head tells me Manchester City will go through. Well, the superstitious person inside me likes that because that means that we're going to go through. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, so thank you both anyway for for coming on it, it's going to be a hell of a game it really is i'm really really looking forward to it um and there you have it folks um a huge game for liverpool a really really exciting game you know we're, we're back in the nitty-gritty of the champions league where we want to be so you know for anything from here on in is a is a bonus so let's look let's look ahead to it let's look forward to it let's enjoy it um it's gonna be a huge night it's a huge tie and and hopefully Liverpool can do the business and when we come back to preview the second leg we'll, we'll all be in jovial mood but uh, my thanks to uh, to Emma Sanders and to Guy Drinkle and our thanks to all of you for tuning in and like I said we will be back before the second leg uh, hopefully with um, a positive result to reflect upon and um, some confidence to look ahead to uh, to the second leg and potentially beyond but until then from me Andy Wills here at Anfield Index it's bye bye now Network.